We're in the middle of Black History Month. In fact, this is the last week, and it seems we, we've highlighted so many people that it seems like this has been really a long month, even though it could be the shortest month of the year. Please welcome to our studios this morning an individual who is the first African-American lead for Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities, Dr. Charles P. Morgan, and he's with us. And I'm just curious, Doctor, what does Black History Month mean to you as a way to get started? Well, you know, Black History Month, for me, and I say this in the most respectful of terms, into Negro history, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think of the particular circumstances that I was raised in the Deep South and the challenges, you know, that I faced having to drink from colored fountains, go through colored entrances, disallowed to be in certain places, etc. I experienced that. I know what that feels like. And what Black History Month means to me is the resilience of people you know, against what seemed to be at times insurmountable odds through the generations. You know, interestingly enough, two years ago or so, I took my family on a plantation tour, and I grew up on plantations. And what did I do that for? I heard the voices of those slaves crying from the ground saying, don't let people forget what we went through. But I also contrast that with the incredible progress that the Negro has made in America since those times. And that's what it means to me. Everybody, we're talking with Dr. Charles P. B. Charles P. Morgan. Uh, can we? Can I ask you? I, I know you're not uh, with Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities anymore. Is it premature to talk about your latest venture? Oh no, I'm uh, with Avivo. I'm the uh, Vice President of Mental Health and Recovery Services, and that's something that I really wanted to do. I wanted to be involved in and among the community because I see the proliferating needs that we have, especially regarding mental health. And, uh, of course, the challenges we have with those folks who are experiencing homelessness, poverty, and addiction. And to be able to work with therapists and case managers and peer advocates and give the benefit of my long history of experience working with uh, this population. All right, Dr. Morgan. We're very excited about it. Well, congratulations on the new move. Thank you. Thank you. So we're talking about what black history means to you, and and we're also wondering, uh, do you think there has been progress? And if so, what type of progress are you seeing? Sometimes people are telling me that it seems as if we're reverting. No, I think there's been marked progress. I don't think I know there's been marked progress. You know, when you think about the Dred Scott decision in 1857, when the Supreme Court Taney, you know, wrote in his opinion, the Negro has no rights which a white man is bound to respect, and the Negro must justly and lawfully be reduced to slavery for his benefit. When you think of that, and I think of men like Theodore K. Lawless, who was born in Thibodeau, where I'm from, who was an African-American dermatologist, businessman, and philanthropist, that was an example for us. And also, scholars have identified more than 1,500 Negro office holders doing Reconstruction. We have hidden figures, you know, with the black female mathematicians that help NASA, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the space race. We have CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, though only a few. And, you know, we have me. (laughs) You know, I've been a CEO, I'm an executive now, you know, and I get to go into arenas and uh, be able to share experiences with uh, young uh, black men that are mentoring to be able to know what it's like to be in those realms and to prepare themselves, you know, to be comfortable uh, in situations that they, they, that they, would, they wouldn't normally find themselves. So that's definitely been marked progress. And I've also, you know, yeah, and I've also uh, been with uh, executives of large corporations in Minnesota who really have a desire to uh, promote uh, African-Americans to C-suite uh, positions in their companies. So, you know, there is opportunity. 
For sure. I have a question. Do you feel like the young people today, Dr. Morgan, can appreciate the progress that you talk about that we've made? Um, and what do you think the young young people's role is when it comes to Black History and Black History Month? Well, you know, I tell young people, we need your energy, but you need our wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to thousands of kids over the years for Martin Luther King Day, and, and when I tell them about my experiences, they come up to me crying, some of them saying, I've never even met anybody that ever went through what you talked about today. And I think there is a gap between what uh, we went through and what has been accomplished because we were able to sit at our grandmother and grandparents' knees and they tell us the stories. And I think because of the challenges geographically with jobs, people moving every three years, and so on and so forth, you lose that continuity to be able to transfer that knowledge and that understanding to younger generations. But I do think that we need the young people today to really understand that we still have a long way to go and we need to go about it in a way of wisdom and understanding, understanding the past, being factual, not simply emotional, but based on what we do in facts and understanding what the important things we need to implement and the strategies that need to be implemented to accomplish our goals. When we saw the things that happened at the Capitol on January 6th of this year, there are some concerns that, uh, that well, maybe now we're getting it, we're going backwards again, but you said, no, we're going forward. How do you uh, position these two scenes in American history when we see the uprising at the United States Capitol? We see the Black Lives Matter movement. Where are we right now in the course of history? Well, I think in the United States, we're at a very critical place in terms of the future of our country and our future as a people. I think the black family has uh, tremendous challenges uh, that we need to address. Uh, we need to get into those specifics. We need to be able to uh, get people the scaffolding and the support systems to be able to have our families be healthy, to have two parents in the home, those types of things. And I think when you look at the uh, what happened at the Capitol and stuff, you didn't see a whole lot of black folks involved in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think historically, uh, the Negro, quote, unquote, those have gone through tremendous challenges and tremendous injustices, uh, have been very um, keen to continue to be uh, in perseverance, to continue to be strong, to be overcomers, uh, to rely on spiritual fortitude, to continue to propel us forward no matter what we've faced as a people. And I think those things have served us well, and I think it will continue to serve us well if we stay focused. As a way to, uh, if there is a healing bomb, what would you say that, uh, how should we be conducting ourselves now? What What is the waypoint? What is the light for uh, not only African Americans, but people in general at this point, doctor, as a way of saying about it? Well, I think, you know, as, as, as African-Americans, we have to realize that not every white person is our enemy. And the Dr. King, I think, uniquely understood that uh, and being able to employ uh, resources uh, that whites have that we necessarily as blacks don't have access to. And I think when we look at an Ann Braden and people like that over history, we see people that are, w- are willing to step forward to help us in the struggle. But I also think we have to take a responsibility to make sure that we are disciplining ourselves and doing the things that are necessary. For instance, if you come to Minnesota and you offer the C-suite job, you don't complain about how many black people are here or how cold it is. You do what is necessary to discipline yourself to achieve your goals and to take advantage of situations and opportunities that present themselves. 
And, you know, I covered some of those things on uh, in the mix on my radio show on KMOJ. You know, that there are things that are available to us as a people that we don't always know about. And we need to be really focused and intentional about getting those opportunities out to one another so that people can take advantage of them and also take advantage of education because without that, you know, my parents really stretch education. And uh, my father, a bricklayer, uh, sent five kids to college. We all have college degrees, you know, and I think you have to be focused and you have to take advantage of the situations that presented you. All right. Dr. Charles P. Morgan, we're out of time. We could talk to you all day. You've got a just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge about all things African-American history and spiritual as well. And Dr. King Scholar, I know you're working on a book. How can we get more information? How can we reach out to you? Well, I would love to just continue to be on periodically. And, of course, we've been talking about me possibly coming back on and doing a, uh, continuing the mix. Uh, because there are things, like you said, you know, I am finishing a book on Dr. King and the Civil Rights Movement, who he really was in history and as a man and as a person, because sometimes we take him and use him for our own, uh, you know, things that we want to achieve. Uh, but there are things that we still need to understand and things that we need to be employing uh, as a people to achieve the goals that are before us. That's Dr. Charles P. Morgan, Chantel Sings. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Doctor, for your time and for your insights. Uh, we appreciate that. We'll be in touch. All right. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure to be with you both. Thanks for enlightening us. We appreciate it. <laughs>